Hi, I'm Tony Russo, and this is A Bagel Manifesto, where I share stories about coming to terms with belief, culture, and the profound sense of loss that no one really cares about bagels anymore. As I said in the show trailer, a lot of the time, we talk about culture as if it's something we're outside of, but I don't think that's true. Culture is something we vote on, although we usually don't think of it that way. From the mundane decision about whether or not to toast your bagel to how much you expect other people to conform to your beliefs, we affirm or undermine the way the world works with every decision we make. I want to look at those choices and see what it'll take to come to terms with being on the losing side of so many of these cultural decisions. I hope to figure out how to learn when I'm wrong and to live with it when I'm not. The debate over masks and vaccination is now officially one of those cultural decisions I'm on the losing side of. And learning to live with it is going to be a lot harder than I'd like. I had my first mask confrontation recently, which was too bad because I'd hoped to never have one. Mask wearing has become such a tribal thing. We have let it become such a tribal thing that confronting people over it is pointless. If I learned anything from interviewing conspiracy theory believers over the last couple of years, it's that the line between belief and identity have merged for so many people. Too many people. I had what I guess you'd call the privilege of growing up in a mixed household. My mother supported the Republican Party and my father supported the Democrats. We can make fun of the boomers all we want, but name another generation since where it's common for the husband and wife to be polar political opposites. There certainly wasn't less at stake in the 70s and 80s, but my generation was likely among the last to see a world where how you voted wasn't reducible to who you were. My father was for the working class, my mother was for personal responsibility. Imagine growing up thinking that that was the fundamental political difference we had as a country. Better, imagine two people you loved and trusted demonstrating that political affiliation was just a badge some people wore during election season. That a person's political party didn't reflect on their intellect or on their moral standing. It's something that I haven't completely unlearned, so sometimes the current political landscape is a little difficult for me to navigate. Even when I don't want to reduce people to their political beliefs, it seems like a lot of my fellow Americans demand it. As I've mentioned before, I've spoken with a lot of hardcore religious people and more than a few conspiracy theory enthusiasts. I'm comfortable in conversations with people whose beliefs are utterly incompatible with mine because I've learned to accept that they believe whatever they say they believe. I get that some people believe in literal demonic possession and that there are vampires and giants who walk among us, but I am baffled that people chose the mask issue as their hill to, in some cases, literally die on. What's frustrating is, I know it's not about masks or freedom, even if they think it is, and I genuinely don't think I can find a better way to talk about it. The mask-vax issue has moved beyond mere identity politics to something we might call persecution politics. The number of white people I've seen screaming to be part of an oppressed minority is devastating. There's like a scramble to find boxes to check that might somehow counterbalance centuries of privilege. This opportunity to be able to claim that you're persecuted or somehow put upon seems to be the pinnacle of cultural credit. We all seem to be about our rights being violated, but there are very few people interested in the responsibilities fulfilled. From that perspective, I try not to be baited. I want to avoid adding to any of these insane feelings of persecution. I don't want to give them air. 
Don't get me wrong, I'm furious. And if I thought that being mean would convince people that they weren't somehow a member of this persecuted minority, I'd try it. Instead, I just avoid going places where people are. When I can't avoid it, I behave just as I did in March of 2020. I turn the world into a zombie video game. The object is to avoid the infected without resorting to using weapons. I have some very good friends and some dear family members who somehow ended up on the maskless, vaxless side of things. I don't avoid them the way I do strangers, though, which suggests I'm more tribal than I like to let on. I'm marginally more comfortable now that I'm vaccinated, but there's always a tension there that isn't necessary, as if we each thought the other wasn't that kind of person. I think about that a lot. How easily anti-mask slash anti-vax people who are strangers to me slide into the those kind of people category, while people close to me bring confusion rather than anger. I have to reiterate here that I have a deep and abiding anger that will not go away. I didn't see my family for a year. I didn't get to touch my grandson for nearly that long. I feel like they will say it's because of my cowardice or because I'm a slave to herd mentality. People who know me understand that isn't true. More important, I know that isn't true. A lot of us lost a year or a loved one when some of our friends, family, and neighbors decided they would rather exercise their right to be ignorant than to participate in the most critical national call to action since World War II. I seethe and live in terror of giving that seething room to expand or to explode. I'm prone to rage rants anyway, and I don't want or need to have a public one, so avoiding people just makes the most sense, especially since I happen to have that luxury. When I see that there's someone holding the door for me, I'll just slow down and wave them ahead. Door holding is as dead as indoor dining for me. Politely avoiding the infected usually works, but as I said, recently I met my match. She was a thin woman in her late 60s, dressed in all-black athleisure with bony shoulders and a minor stoop. She was ahead of me at line at the liquor store, and I watched with the line patience that I always hope people will grant me when I'm in my dotage. It doesn't make sense to say that she was caught off guard when the cashier asked her to pay, but she did look down at her purse for a second to study it. It was as if she forgot it was there or what it was for. Then she hunted for her wallet. Then she counted out the cash. I feel like it was $40 and 20s. And she handed it over and replaced her wallet. When she got change, she reopened her purse and removed her wallet. Realizing there was a line behind her, she shuffled to the side and put her change back in what I can only assume was both alphabetical and numerical order. She looked over her shoulder to me and said, You can go ahead. Time is my ally, I told her. No rush. She shrugged and went back to doing whatever she was doing with that bag. After another 45 seconds or so, she looks back at me again. Really, it's okay if you go. Seriously, ma'am, take your time. It's just booze. I was running out of stock dodges, and she seemed nowhere near ready to give up on whatever project she had started in that purse. She turned around to me one more time. Please, go ahead. I thought of all the missed birthday parties, the missed funerals, the missed vacations, the missed year of my grandson's life, and genuinely worried that I was going to blow. The only thing that saved me was my commitment to being better than her. To being better than all of the yahoos out there screaming at one another because they're angry and powerless. I think of them as wounded animals, unable to grasp why they're suffering, but howling about their suffering nonetheless. I try to remember that there doesn't seem to be a way back from that headspace. 
Once any of us bathes in the comfort of unfair persecution, it takes hold and dominates our lives. It's a moral infection that chips away at our empathy. We become addicted to the surety and confidence that people hate us for our beliefs. So I tried this. Thanks. Listen, I'm sure you're a very nice person, but you're not wearing a mask and I don't want to stand next to you. My voice was even and friendly, matter of fact, not loud, which is hard for me. I could have said I'm not next in the same tone and stepped away, and in retrospect, I wish I had. She shared a look with the maskless clerk behind the plexiglass. The look seemed to say, he's one of those, but maybe I'm putting that on her. Ten seconds later, she was finished and on her way to the door. Even though I hadn't caused a scene or thrown a tantrum, I still feel like I managed to alienate that person in a way I wasn't shooting for. Maybe my pointed but understated response only worked to confirm her suspicions that people like me will never accept that we've been conned, that this plague is part hoax, part common cold, that I am so choked by my fear, so filled with the socialist narrative of the mainstream media is forcing down my throat, that I'm incapable of independent thought, that I am a threat to her way of life. And it is such a shame we've let it come to this. That we let profiteers turn us against one another. That we put staying on the good side of the mooks on television ahead of our friends and family. Even ahead of our own personal safety. Ahead of our human empathy. It's difficult and disheartening because it's no longer a matter of opinion. It's a matter of luck. Now that mask mandates are on their way to being a thing of the past, some people will just have to die and we will just have to live with it. Because winning the culture war is more important than anything. After all, freedom isn't free. So, what do you think? Even though I'm the only one who's been talking for a while, I'd love to get your impression. You can shoot me an email at bytonyrusso at gmail.com. If you want to attach a voice memo, I'd be happy to replay it and comment on it. You can support me and the show by buying my book, Dragged Into the Light, Truthers, Reptilians, Super Soldiers, and Death Inside an Online Cult by Tony Russo. It's available wherever you get books. The audio version will be available very soon, if that's your thing. You can also sign up for the newsletter at abagelmanifesto.com, follow me on social media at Russo on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. This show was written and produced by me, Tony Russo. There'll be another show in two more weeks. Until then, keep the faith.